What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth. And just before I get going on this exciting episode this week, I want to say a big thank you shout out to the people who support this podcast on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can chip in a couple of dollars uh, each month and you get to hear the podcast before it goes live on general release. And you get to kind of have interactions and, and put your questions into the podcast or submit them for the podcast uh, for future guests. If you're interested in supporting, go check that out. Patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. Patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. And without further ado, moving on this week, I've got a trip report style podcast from two of my good friends and excellent kayakers, Andrew Oxley and David Silk. Boys, welcome to the show. How's it going, Seth? Um, we are talking this week about your most recent first descent smash and grab uh, trip in Quebec. Um, and I don't know which of you would prefer to take it away, but if you could give us kind of the overview of your short but very first descent rich uh, mission, maybe we could start with the broad strokes of like, who was there, where were you, when did you go, that type of thing, and then dig in deeper after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, basically, kind of started, Andrew has spent an inordinate amount of time looking at uh, Google Earth in Quebec. Uh, if you look at all the pinpoints on his map there, it's one of the most insane mappings out of possible first descents I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like the whole, all of all of the east coast of Canada is just blue pins. Um so summer is kind of winding down here on the Ottawa, and often now I'm wanting to like, I've been going to Washington the past couple of years this time of year, um, but given that I was finally just able to get into Canada, I feel like I haven't spent much time here this year, I really wanted to stay around, and first person I called to want to like do a creaking style trip, something like that was Andrew, and yeah, if you want to talk about your idea for wanting to go there, Andrew. Yeah, so... Uh... I always wanted to go up the Cotonou because um, I live in, Ke in Quebec, the best province in Canada, in my opinion. And um, this this trip, I wanted to follow uh, one special road. It's it's the road the 138, which goes from Quebec uh, City all the way to the furthest uh, you can go to like Natashquan and all that, which is only one road, and you get to do a bunch of descents, like uh, all hook and grab, you know, like uh, parking hooks. It's about like uh, a thousand kilometers of just road. And every time you stop by um, a small bridge, there's something a, a rapid to do or something like that. So it was in my mind for a while. And uh, yeah, finally uh, stoked that we got that, me and David. One of the coolest and things too, I... Uh... Sorry, Seth, if I just can say this. Uh, one of the coolest things I thought, too, like Andrew's saying, a lot of it was just going over a bridge and seeing something. The really cool part, um, as you start getting further north, you're starting to enter, like, the Gulf of St. Lawrence, which is where the St. Lawrence River flows out into the Atlantic Ocean. So a lot of these bridges going over rivers, on one side you have, like, the river finishing its last gradient, so you get these crazy slides and waterfalls, and then off to your right side, um you see the ocean so it's literally like the river is finishing their last little bit of gradient or a lot of times their last significant bit of gradient and then like literally dropping into the atlantic ocean yeah i'm actually um, just looking on google maps right as we're talking right now and i can see this 138 uh highway just kind of going north from quebec city and 
as you described, following the St. Lawrence with, and you can see just even on the the crude Google Earth map on the like Google Street Map, you know, all the all these little blue veins leading from like from the land into that like Bay of the St. Lawrence, which is essentially like the the Gulf of St. Lawrence, the ocean, right? Like it connects the ocean. So um, it's an interesting idea for a waterfall trip where you could just be like, we're just going to drive along the road and and see what there is um andrew when did you start looking at this area on on google earth and how did you come to the idea that this time of year would be the best time for it so i probably started uh, when i got boarded uh, at school i didn't know what to do so i started looking on, on google map and uh, i was wondering where could be good to go and over there there's not much road there's only one road the 138 so you don't have much options uh if you want to do big first descents you go up the 138 and you take a, a plane up to the 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 lakes of a river but if you want to just do some huck and grab you know you just drive up and uh yeah basically it's the only road over there so there's not much option <laughs> and and by the looks of it, it it um it really just looks like one one road into oblivion was your yeah. plan the whole time just like, okay, we're only going to do park and hugs that you can walk to? Yeah, exactly. And also we wanted to look at the future, maybe future uh, first descents. So if we saw a good potential upstream where we couldn't walk or we couldn't paddle towards, uh, we would look at Google Earth and maybe uh, plan a trip for next year or something like that. But there's so many uh, rivers that we wanted to basically take a first look at them you know and how did you decide that this time of year was going to be a great first time to look i mean traditionally quebec rivers are like best in the spring or like early yeah. summer when the snow is melting and there's a lot of water and generally quebec rivers are a higher volume mm -hmm. what what made you think like yeah for sure that like especially this year more than ever has been kind of a dry year what made you think this 138 into the st lawrence area was going to be good with low water um, at the end of summer? So basically uh, what made my decision because uh, in Bekomo, so halfway towards the further east you could go, all the rivers are big volume and most of them like uh, the Magpie, if you haven't heard of this one, it's a classic uh, multi-day, that one, it only it's only good in low water. So during the summer or late summer because um, if not, there's too much water, it's too big, and also uh, less mosquitoes, so that's a big uh, point. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of them, so uh, it's better to go in autumn, you know, at this time, like September, October. October is get, uh, getting a bit chilly, but end of August, September is a, a good time for that. those ones, for the big water uh, rivers, especially. For the little creek, creeks, um, water is nice so if you can get in september when there's a start in the rain season up in quebec uh, you could get also those uh, little creek at the same time and so based on that like on the magpie being better at lower water and it being kind of on the 138 or finishing on the mm -hmm. 138 too you're thinking okay we'll keep going up the 138 and then hopefully it'll be kind of the same idea because they're in a similar geographical area Exactly, and the similar size of rivers, you know. 
Yeah, like if you if you just keep looking on that Google map going up that 138 going north, the density of like really high volume rivers with a lot of gradient starts getting crazy. Like the last two rivers we did, or the furthest north to the Natashquan and the Iguanish were, I don't know, how far do you think, Andrew, like an hour apart? An hour apart, yeah. And both of them were super big volume. Um, the Iguanish had a ton of gradient. I'm really interested to go back in there again and... This was, you know, really low for them. And it was like some of the rapids or one of the rapids on there. It's like, huh, a lot higher than this. This might be uh, a little scary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was an insane amount of water up there. Yeah, I remember the on the, do you remember on the uh, Aguamish, Aguamish River? We, uh, we paddled a bit upstream and uh, basically one part of the river was, totally like dry so it was yeah. super low water super low water and uh and we were stoked because even the last rapid is it was some big water and uh, higher than that i don't know if we could have run that thing yeah yeah totally david whilst you were on that trip how many uh first descents did you tick off here i don't know i've, I've got some written down here i want to say river wise i think we put down at least six um and that and in, was in how many days are you putting that down sorry so like approximately six first ascents in, in seven days wow um and oh. i and i i will admit many more could have been done if there wasn't a uh sometimes it was it was easiness of grabbing them too because we one of our biggest things was trying to see what rivers we might to want to really explore in the future. Um, so there was also definitely a sense of like trying to see as much as we possibly could, which mm -hmm. meant a lot, a lot of time spent just like hiking through bush, doing all this stuff to get glimpses of like drops, see if they'd be good, see if they might be good later, get a good sense of like what the riverbed would be. So a lot of those were ones that were like, okay, we can, this looks awesome right now. We can put in, do this right now and be in and out pretty quickly and then go, go check the next thing. Right. Like there's definitely a lot that we uh, left on the table, either due to level or due to just like, we know we're going to want to come back. Um, David of this, of the six first attempts you did, like which one was the, the highlight for you? And can you describe what the white water was like? Um, Obviously, you said park and hark. There's only two of you, so no shuttle or walking your shuttle. Like, what um, what was the standout run that you did, and what was the type of white water like? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like you said, obviously that was another big big limiting factor for us was just having the one car um, and just two people. Right? There's definitely some other stuff we would have done because it just would have been much logistically easier if we'd had more. Um, but that said, uh, I think Andrew could possibly agree with me. One of my personal favorites, or the one that at least kind of blew my mind the most, was uh, I think I believe it's called the Tanada River, yeah. and it was a few slides. Um, well, they weren't they weren't huge. The rapids themselves weren't huge, but there was definitely plenty of volume in the in the river. But what blew my mind about it was the whole riverbed, like everywhere you could see, was California style granite domes. Um, going way out above where we were. So this was clearly very low water for this river, but just like insane, perfectly smooth granite slabs, just like essentially right off the road. 
in northern Quebec. I was like, what what is this doing here? Like I, I couldn't believe <laughs> how clean and perfect it was. Um wow. that that really stood out to me. Andrew, uh like which one stood out the most and can you describe the white water? Uh I would say it would be um Aguanish. Aguanish, that river, uh, it was a parking hook, of course, and uh, we did one big rapid. Um, that rapid was long. It was probably like 500 meters long, and uh, it was like kind of a bunch of waves at first, uh, sort of uh, mangling between holes, and at the bottom, all the river just went in one big tongue with a nice huge wave on it. And I would say probably like there was probably like 300 cubics of water. So it was a big water uh, for sure. And we spent a day, a full day over there afterwards uh, surfing that wave at the bottom, which had eddy axis on both sides. Wow. And if not, I would say um, I, we, we went and scouted one of the one I, I wanted to do, but it was a bit too low on that trip. It was the Jean Noel waterfall. And uh, luckily, two weeks after, uh, it rained. And uh, with some people in Quebec, we went and run that one. So that scouting mission uh, panned out. And uh, we, we had a perfect 30-footer with a nice entrance booth. Uh, and it's, you know, it was a nice little California style, maybe, or Chile style. It was all, like, nice rock and uh, just a big jump. I don't know if you saw some pictures of it. It was like a... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was following along the trip on David's Instagram yeah. there, and it looked like kind of smooth slides. and oh, uh, it beautiful. It, it looked incredible. It, it look, I think describing it like kind of like Canadian California would be uh, very similar from what I could see. It was like a lot of yeah. like cool, smooth slides and clean drops. And um, I really was shocked at how much there was going on in such a short period of time, which is why I wanted to talk to you guys about it, because it's like how how much prep work had to go in um you know before this trip started so how andrew how many hours of google earthing do you think you put in before you decided to go on this trip so uh, it was probably a work in progress of like three years of university in my school just whenever i had time i would just google earth and then uh, when david told me he wanted to come up to quebec i was like perfect let's uh, let's do a trip and we uh, spotted, I think, 13 or 14 different parking hooks that we could go and look at. Uh, so on all on the 138, we found 14 first descents we could wow. do. And, uh, and that was just uh, an hours of gathering all the information I got uh, on my computer, you know. Yeah. And uh, out of those 14, we probably looked at 20. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that was... We, we saw some more. Yeah, I was gonna just go. That was one of the crazy parts too. Is it wasn't like Andrew had had all this stuff planned. We did that, and then it would literally be Andrew would be driving, and I'd be on my phone on Google Earth, literally just looking ahead of where the car was on the map at every river that flowed in. I mean, like, oh wait, wait, pull over at this river. Like just upstream, there's a drop. Like and just kept doing that every day of literally just, there was so much gradient and so much water that that's what it took is literally just like sitting on your phone while driving to look like look ahead for the next few rivers because there would be drops on them. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Um, it's insane how 
how readily available um, all this, all these options were for you guys. And it sounds like a perfect trip, but there must have been some low points. David, what was the oh, yeah. <laughs> low point of the trip for you, and why? We had <laughs> we we had a lot of on the way up because, like I said, the biggest part of this trip because I think both of us are really interested to go back and do a lot more. Um, now that we know the area better, now that we know what rivers we really want to focus on. So there was definitely a big thing, especially on our way up to the end of the road before, because obviously we'd need to retrace our route coming back. So the big idea there was scout as much as we can. That's our big focus right now is scout, 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 like figure out every single thing we want and do some paddling but get more on the way back and there's definitely like towards the end of that trip where there'd been a couple where it's like we should just run it and andrew was like no we'll get it on the way back it's good <laughs> like we have this other thing to scout where i like definitely had a little bit of a okay we need to paddle right now i'm gonna lose it <laughs> moment. Um, um but all in all i mean it, andrew was correct that we did get a lot of really good stuff on the way back too um but it definitely is hard to have that happen where it was it's a, was a funny problem to have of just seeing so much really good whitewater and not doing it versus just getting constantly skunked. Um, it was like having a problem with having too much to do, which was, I don't think, a problem I've ever experienced. Trying to get I don't think I've had a guy like that. Andrew, <laughs> yeah. same question for you. What was the low point and why? Oh, I think uh, the low point must have been the last day of our trip. Uh, when um, we uh, went to camp at the put-in of a run, and uh, it's starting big wind, like huge wind. Both of our tents all night was like sideways because of the wind. And uh, because of that, the rain just came in our tents. And both of us, when we woke up the next day, everything was wet. Ugh. So I was we were like, like an inch of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so we, we looked at each other and said, I think, I think I'm done. Are you done? Yeah, we're, we're done. And uh, at that point, we'd done a, a lot of rivers that we wanted to do. And uh, it wasn't uh, a bummer to go back because we were stoked about our trip. But uh, definitely next time, uh, look at the weather a bit more. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, um, that sounds miserable. Yeah, was so I'm glad to hear you guys are human. You know, you're not uh, you're not just out there crushing yeah. first ascents with one car and two people and, you know, not much else. Because um, <laughs> other than that, it would be like kind of a, an incredibly inspiring story. So it's good to hear that also it's, uh, you know, real world. Mm -hmm. I will Andrew, say, too, one of the things sorry, sorry, I just, uh, made ahead. it really easy to do that turnaround and stuff. And that I feel like is an underrated part of that is that. This is, we drove to here, like I, I essentially drove there stopping at Andrew's house from the Ottawa River Valley. Like it is, aside from it being a long drive, it is incredibly accessible. You know, it wasn't, at least if you're from North America anywhere, it's not flying to some hard to get to destination or anything like that. Like we were on a highway the whole time. So saying, oh, I want to go back next year isn't like, oh, I need to figure out these flights. I need to do something like that. It's like, not I want to circle back to something that got said at the start um, and David said he described Andrew as a Google Earth wizard and I wanted to ask Andrew how does one become a Google Earth wizard how do you take that picture 
that like kind of convoluted satellite image and figure out what's going to be good and what's not going to be good. So for everyone kayaking, everyone knows their home runs, some small creeks and all that. So you could use Google Earth. I use Google Earth. It's uh, easier that way. So you could look at your home runs or home creeks, look how big or small they are, and then compare them to all the rivers close by with Google Earth and um, use the... Use the um, the high point of the river and the low point of the river, like a enter point and an exit point, and measure uh, how much gradient is in there. Google Earth uh, is easy to use, so uh, you could look at that pretty pretty easily. Uh, what I like to uh, for big runs, uh, I usually look for under three percent of gradient, or maybe five percent is a, a big run. So five percent is is very steep. But three percent is good. If not, um, so from the high point, the high altitude to the low altitude, and then um, after that, if not for parking hooks, I guess you, you basically look at picture if there's pictures of it from people that have taken it, which was pretty easy on this trip because everything is on the one highway. So a lot of people go through the that highway, and most of them, most of the river have. Uh, uh, views for the the waterfall, views for the the creeks. So a bunch of people have taken pictures of it on Google Earth. You can access to those pictures, or if not, you could access those on uh, Instagram sometime if you want to look at the better pictures. So uh, imagine if you have a waterfall in in your head that you want to look at, and the point of the angle of view that you have on Google Earth isn't good. You could try and Instagram and look at research that waterfall and sometimes you have some really good viewpoints of it and uh, that really helped uh, for example we that's one of the big bummers I had on this trip was uh, shoot McDonald shoot McDonald from uh, all the pictures I looked it looked it looked like the craziest and best waterfall in Quebec or maybe in the world actually it's like um it was like a, a canyon, then a nice 30, 40 foot footer waterfall, clean, and then another 40 foot slide. And then uh, when we went and looked at it, after that last slide, there was a big siphon, uh, siphon rock. So oh. it was not doable. But you, if we could have looked at it more on Google, uh, on some pictures, maybe we'd have found those rocks and not have uh, spent much time uh, going up there but it was still worth it but uh for google earth i, I feel like uh, everyone's capable of just looking at those creeks uh, you just zoom in change the you can change the um, the temperature not the temperature but the the history like of the uh, satellite image so sometimes uh, if you if the satellite image isn't clear enough you could change it from two years ago or four years ago and sometimes there's no, uh, uh, it's all nice, you know, so there's no uh, blur in it. So I think, yeah, everyone's capable of doing of doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good piece of advice, right? Like take a run that you know really well and, and get, keep that as a reference. And then when exactly. you look at you runs, then you can kind of compare it to that reference. So you've got an idea of what you're up against. That's a that's a great tip. I think um, more people should be getting on that. And I'm probably, I should be getting on that more, but mm -hmm. um 
hopefully more people take that away. And the last thing I want to talk to you about, I know it's kind of a sore spot. David's told me it's a sore spot. But I'm going to bring it up anyway. There was one more first ascent you wanted that I know didn't have the water you, that you wanted. And then uh, Mark Godboots uh, was on another crew, like kind of hot on your heels the whole trip. And yeah. he got this first ascent that you didn't get. Uh, do you want to talk us through that? Uh, yeah, there's actually two of them uh, we really wanted to do. There was um, a big slide, I forgot the name of it, and a long slide, which is a uh, sople. Us, uh, when we went, it was just a bit too low, and uh, all, the, all the water was going into uh, some nasty rocks, so it was not doable for us, but um, with a bit more rain that Mark Goodboo had, uh, it was fine doing it. Uh, I think he soloed it, so um, he only did the last part, which uh, is fun, but there's still one part missing for a future first descent. There's like a, a nice 20-foot slide on top with a, another 30-foot waterfall just above, all in under one kilometer. So yeah, the, the slide video he posted, would look, it looked so fun. It was yeah. like a very long, continuous section of... Yeah like low angle slides and a couple of small booths into some more low angle slides, but kind of without stopping the video is like, uh, I think almost a full minute of like nonstop yeah. slide, and that's slide just, drop action. That is just part of the, the rapid also, cause uh, he was soloing it. So he couldn't do the upper part just right on top with the extra slides and one nice clean 30 footer. So hopefully we get that next year. <laughs> Yeah, no, it would be like crossed. adding that on. It would be still hard to like, ke I, like you might have seen in the video, Seth, he seal launches into that. Yeah. And it's because there's like, including that 30 footer and then down, there's essentially no eddies all the yeah, way until looks, you get to that so like 200 foot trough to another slide. Like, it, mad props to Mark for doing that. It's like one of the most unique pieces of whitewater I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, boys! I am really hyped about your the 138 Cote Nord trip here. Like it's it sounds like uh, a great trip that people will be able to reproduce by just driving up the road and looking over the bridges and then taking whatever they want. Um, and I think it's really inspiring. You guys just you know picked up your picked up your stuff and got in the car and started driving. And I think not enough not enough people are willing to do that. Too many there's like a lot of people who say they want to go and get first ascents and like, you know, do something people have never done before. But there's a very limited amount of people who will actually like get in the car and start driving. Um, mm -hmm. And I think props to both of you guys for putting in the research, putting in the time and then getting in the car and, and going up there and making it happen. Um, that's kind of the, the stumbling block that catches out so many people. So good, good on you guys. Um, I don't really have any more questions about this trip. Is there anything else you want to talk about, David or Andrew? I think that pretty much covered it for me, Andrew. Yeah, I think uh, we could say that it's for sure going to be on a list for next year or the, the year oh, yeah. after that. And uh, yeah, we just, out of the 20, 21st days we looked at, we only did six, which uh, leaves a lot of them. And uh, like like you say, Mark Goodbow did the same thing. And uh, also, Coat Nog is not just good for uh, parking hugs, but a lot of um, big, long expeditions. So if you want to do a long expedition and end up just driving after that on the 138, you can. And uh, there's going to be some white water for you um, all year long, almost not all year, but all summer long. So, yeah.
Yeah, and I'll yeah. say too, if, if your concern is about, like, the, the only reason these first descents are first descents, like, one of the crazy things to me was that every single one we did wasn't, like, your usual, like, oh, always a first descent, but, man, that was kind of not that great. Mm-hmm. They're all like, whoa, that was sick. Um, and the only reason people haven't done them before, and probably not that many people will continue to do them, is because it is just kind of far north driving. Yeah. But, man... Even just the driving is beautiful. Like, yeah. you're looking out over in the ocean on one side. You can see whales. Like, there's granite slabs. There's waterfalls falling into the ocean. You get up into, like, almost tundra all the way up there. Like, yeah. even if I wasn't kayaking, that drive would be cool. Um, so, yeah, get up there, people. I and will certainly If people want to see pictures, I know there's pictures on your Instagram, Dave. Where's, uh, what's that at? Uh at David Silk underscore. And I on think, uh, and, Andrew, do you have, you're pretty behind the times on the old gram, eh? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, behind, but uh, one day I'll post them. <laughs> and where can people find that for that one day? So, uh, Andrew, uh, small, uh, small line below, Oxley. Andrew Oxley. um I think this has been great, and hopefully people will check in with you guys about your trip and, uh, see some of the cool stuff which you're putting out from that trip, which I'm pretty hyped about. Um, Until next time, this has been Seth Ashworth, David Silk, and Andrew Oxley on questions you never thought to ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. We will see you next time. Peace.